Master and I are gonna have words. He knows I hate clowns. God, I hate them. I hate them all. I hate Paul's old Ronald Chuckles with their freaking dumb noses and their lousy body hats. I don't mind being short, fat, and ugly, but the pay sucks. <laughs> What? Hey, easy with that face I'm eating. What does this remind you of, huh? Ah, no, no, boss. Oops. A wet one. I hope I didn't stain my underwear. Ah. Look at that. Get marks. <laughs> Get away from me, freak. Oh, coming from a monster that really hurts my feelings. Come back here, scrotum face. Oh, not done with you yet. Feels like my skin is about to explode. That's just your viral necroplasm going through its larval stage. Huh? Move over. Pretty soon you're gonna get here in funny places. And you're gonna start thinking about girls. Huh? Getting your chubby studly? Huh? Come on, a half guy, semi. <laughs> just get me to a hospital. A hospital? Have you looked in the mirror lately, Burt Man walking? <laughs> Even the entire cast of ER couldn't put you back together again. How do I put this to you? You're uh, pushing up daisies, you're in permanent nap time, you're a fertilizer. Hey, is any of this sinking in? You're dead. D, 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 dead. <laughs> I guess five years feeding earthworms is even what little brain there was in there. What are you? <laughs> Well, allow me to kickstart your memory. Hang on. These flashbacks can be killers. You are the dead man. See you in hell, Al. your fiance anymore. And, and the winners are Wanda and Terry. Multiplying like rabbits. And hopping and parking and doing it and liking it. You stay away from her. I don't want Wanda. I want you to take care of Win. And then you and the army can kick some angelic buttocks. <laughs> and in return for your services, we'll get Wanda back for you. Heck, you can have everyone on the planet why settle for leftovers, huh? <laughs> I like this thing. Oh, you killed me. <laughs> you do it. This is all some sadistic game of wins. <laughs> and when I catch him, he's gonna wish he had killed me when he had the chance. That's it? That's the spirit? 
Just think of me as your guardian angel. The clown from hell. You're Jimmy Stewart, and I'm Clarence. Well, 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 well. every time uh, somebody farts, uh, a demon gets his wings off. Uh, uh, oops, twins. <laughs> get away from me, you fudge-packing midget. Oh, you still don't get it, do you, amnesia boy? We're gonna have to dig a little deeper. <laughs> This is where old folks go after Florida, son. What is that you say? Can I dig up my body now? Why, certainly, of course you can. And if you strike oil, half of it is mine. Start digging! Hail Satan! Lord of all that we can see! In the name of Luther! Welcome to the Superhero Cinephiles Podcast. I'm your host, Perry Constantine. And with me today is Damon Thompson, returning guest. Damon, how you doing today? I am fabulous. Hello, nerds. How you doing? <laughs> Good having you back. It's uh, it's tough finding time when we can have you on, on the show because our schedules are pretty incompatible. So we don't get to have you on as much as I'd like. Uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's, I, I work I work in regular hours on top of us being half a world away so yeah you know it's kind of it's kind of what it is yeah but I thank you for having me back I love it well I'm glad you can just you uh, wanted to come back although not so psyched about the movie you picked for today but we'll get into that uh in a little bit because first I'd rather talk about something a little bit more pleasant and that is um lately I've been asking guests what what's what's their thing that they've been interested in what you know movie what movies you've been watching what tv shows are catching your interests are you reading anything are you playing any games what what has been uh interesting you lately i was gonna say something really terrible because uh i'll, I'll segue to what uh, i actually want to talk about but uh, morbius is on netflix as of today uh, as we're recording today is the first day in morbius so uh i was gonna say that but that's not true um <laughs> uh she-hulk i've been i've been really enjoying she-hulk yeah i've been loving she-hulk um new episode day we're recording i think there's a new episode coming out tonight so i'm really looking forward to to watching that tonight um but yeah that um i think it was the last episode was it episode three uh mm-hmm. this is what i i was really hoping this show would be where it's just like you know uh a legal comedy show with superheroes set in the marvel universe and that's what it seems like we're getting from this point on so i love that and i hope they continue with this and it made me think um you know now that we're getting she hulk and it, it seems to be doing well another thing i'd like to see them do is um doc samson right um bring back the guy from uh the incredible hulk who um he played him in just like a few scenes and have him just being like psychiatrist to the superheroes. Ooh, that would be really cool. That would be really cool too. That would be really cool. Heck yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I've, I've, I'm sure you've seen it, the discourse around She-Hulk. Oh, it's so ridiculous. It's like, really guys? Calm yeah. down. It's it's supposed to be fun. And, and um, I went and looked, I've never read the comics. Okay. Um, and, but I, but I had heard about him and I knew there was some, I didn't know about the fourth wall breaking, but that it was, it didn't really take itself very seriously. No, no. And so I'm like, eh, what this? you know, cause they've changed, they've changed so many other things already with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, just to make things fit, make things fit into the story that they want to tell the p- things that people are griping about. I'm like, it's such small stuff. It's know. so ridiculous. I mean, come on. We had, um, 
we had a whole movie with fat Thor jokes for crying out loud. And you're getting, and we had Tony pissing in his armor. So. <laughs> right. You know, and take we had a, a dance. Sorry. Go oh yeah. The dance off. Yeah. The dance off to save the universe. <laughs> so yeah, the, I think we, I, I think um, a little twerking won't hurt anybody. Yeah. So. I mean, that was like one of my, that was my favorite scene in the, and I don't even care much about Megan Thee Stallion, but I just like that scene just had me rolling. It was so good. And it looked like they were having, and it looks like, you know, well, especially that scene, they looked like they were having so much fun. Oh yeah. It's like, it was just a celebration of just, just, just having a good time doing what they love to do and not, something not a whole lot of people do, get to do. Well, I think so I was, saw something was, that uh, Tatiana Mosley, uh, probably mispronouncing your name uh tatiana maslani i think that's how her name is pronounced I'm, if i'm wrong i'm sorry about that uh but uh, i think i read something where she was saying that she is actually a huge fan of megan the stallion so like that <laughs> so like being able to film that scene was so much fun for her yeah and she evidently can dance so mm. it was you know it was actually her in a mocap suit yeah yeah and stuff that was that's just fantastic and I think too, um, uh, because she's such a big fan, it makes me wonder if the "I will kill for you" Megan the Stallion line line was ad libbed. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's 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 a yeah, it's probably fifty fifty at mm. best. That's really <laughs> cool. I didn't even think about that. That's really funny. Um, have you seen? Um, I have not seen these yet. Uh, I haven't had a chance to sit down. But have you seen um, Rings of Power yet? No, I haven't. Um, I'm not a big Lord of the Rings guy, uh, to be honest. Like I, I saw the movies; they were okay, they were entertaining enough. But and I own them, but I've only watched them like once since I bought them on DVD. And mm. um, I was never a big. I never saw the Hobbit movies, uh, so I was never really into those. And I, I try. I read. I tried reading the books because a buddy of mine. He loved the books as a kid. And he told, and when I told him I'd only seen the movies, like, no, you have to read the books. You have to read the books. So I read the first book, struggled my way through it because it's freaking long. And mm. there's a lot of navel gazing in it. And then <laughs> um, and then when I get to the end, I was gonna start reading the second book. And at that point, he had uh I talked to him again. He's like, Yes, when you told me you were reading the books, I had started to reread them. And after I read the first book, I realized, you know what? You don't need to read the books. You could just watch the movies. So at that point, I'm wow. like, okay, so I'm I'm done. I put the books aside. Then, whoo, got the, yeah, that's the bullet there. Yeah, yeah. My wife's uh, a, my wife's a bigger fan than I am, so I was I was it was and it was something in the zeitgeist. So I thought I'd ask. Mm. So how, how, how do you like the episodes? Have you seen them? I have not. Oh, okay. I have not. I've been trying to. Uh, it, I've been. And oddly enough, I have a hard time coordinating with my wife, and we're in the same house. So <laughs> yeah. So it's just one of the, it's you know it's just one of those things, but we plan on getting around to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, well, the mm -hmm. thing that I've been interested in is I just picked up the um, the Kawabunga collection, which is uh, all the classic uh, Ninja Turtles games on um, on my PS4, and so I started I cracked that open yesterday and started playing that. And I'm not sure are you a, a gamer at all, or were you a gamer in the past? I was. Um, I think I faded out. <laughs> probably playstation 2-ish time okay. period like like tony hawk uh tony hawk uh, pro skater was mm. was like my jam back in the day i haven't really played much since then okay uh it's funny you mentioned tony hawk because that was a free game offering for the playstation plus so i actually just downloaded that as well um i never played it but it was free so i'm like why not and anyway have you ever played the uh the original nintendo uh ninja turtles games 
Yes, we have an emulator at the house that's got like 650 games mm -hmm. on it. It's got that one. It's got uh, the Tournament Fighters one. Mm -hmm. There's the one where, and I can't remember all the, the all these the gameplay and titles. Uh, get me, uh, oh, there's so up. many of them. Yeah, there's like four of them that we happen to have. Um, mm -hmm. But but I've but I have a but I don't so I don't know what the rest of the Cowabunga collection. Yeah. So uh, it's like sixteen. It's like seventeen games in total. Uh, wow. Some of them are the same game on different systems. So they've got like the. Um, you know, the Super Nintendo version of a game, the the Sega version of the game. Um, they've got like the Nintendo version of the arcade game, and then they've got the actual arcade game. And, and I've oh, got a cool. and I've got a I've got a recall box too. So I've got a big emulator system of my own. And so I've got most of these games already, but you know, they come with all enhancements, improved graphics and all that side of side. I might as well just buy the whole collection. But I was trying to play the original game and some of the games, they have an option where you can put on uh, God mode and you could just, you know, you don't lose any life or all that. They didn't do it with the original game though. And so I tried playing that again. It's just like, it is still so fucking hard. The, the one on the original one on Nintendo. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Nintendo games were no joke back in the day. No, man. no. I wonder how we got, I wonder how we got through our childhood without slitting our wrists, to be honest. It, it it forged uh it forged strong uh mm. strong willed people is what it did uh, between you know they between eating quarters at an arcade I don't know mm. if anybody remembers those oh yeah yeah and uh and and really hard ass Nintendo games I mean, we were four gamers yeah. forged the steel I remember that play, the the original arcade game Ninja Turtles arcade game like uh, mm. summers we go down to visit my grandparents in Florida and there was this um like a uh, restaurant place they always like to go to their friends owned it and they had the new turtles arcade game so like i'd be in there i just keep pumping in quarters and quarters and then go and ask my grandmother for more quarters just non-stop oh, oh man and um yeah and i was playing the the cowabunga collection i was playing the turtles in time arcade mm -hmm. version and it, you can see how they bled us out of money because those enemies do not fucking stop it's just relentless yeah, I, I don't. I wonder. I wonder what the. I wonder how much it costs normally to uh, beat those games. You I don't know. know. I, mean? I don't even want to think of it. But like Just, the Nintendo yeah. games, where it was like three lives and then you're done. You have to go all the way back to the beginning. Yeah, no like, nah. saves nothing. Yeah, it was terrible, man. Oh, so God. mean. <laughs> all right. Um. So that was. That's pretty much what I've been interested in lately. Was that. Um. But now I think. We're going to get into the discussion. Okay. <laughs> you brought this on yourself. You brought this to me. Just remember <laughs> that. Just remember that. Fair enough. You offered like three times you offered. And each time I'm like, are you sure? <laughs> and you're like, okay, yeah, I'm sure. So just remember, I gave you plenty of outs on this. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's okay. I, I, it actually, it was. But honestly, had I seen this in 1997, I didn't I didn't remember how old this was until I talked mm. to a friend of mine yesterday because I thought it was like 2007 because I'm no, old. No, no, no. And uh, he's like, he looks at me for a second. He goes, do you mean the one from 1997? I'm like, <laughs> oh, has it been that long? Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. It's been that <laughs> but, long, yeah. Um, I, since I had such low expectations, because this is the first time I actually have ever seen this movie. Oh, really? Okay. I'd never seen it before. Okay. I knew of it, and it was so, I, I I try not to waste my time with, like, universally panned movies. Mm. You know what I mean? I, I, life's too short, and I tend to fall asleep in movies anyway, so I want to watch something I want to watch, or at mm. least take a shot at. Yeah, yeah. And um, so I watched it, and with 
all the um the uh, vitriol for this movie mm-hmm. um I, I watched i was like i kind of giggled through it and mm-hmm. it was like eh. now if i had paid full price in 1997 for this movie i'd have been mm-hmm. hot and i okay. understand why people were hot yeah so uh we're talking about 1997 spawn um i should have mentioned that yeah <laughs> yeah yeah directed by mark Aze dipe i think is how his name is pronounced and this is the only theatrical movie he's ever directed. Everything else he's done has been like direct-to-video stuff, um, which you can understand why after seeing this movie. And we can tell, yes. Yeah, and um, but let's, before we jump in the movie, uh, talk a little bit about the source material. Were you at all familiar with the Spawn comics? Were you a fan of the Spawn comics at all? Um, I, I bought, uh, I think, I'm... I, was a bit of a fan i wasn't um like some things like the things that were in the movie that i that were in the movie that were from the source material i could tell where most of it deviated from mm-hmm. so i wouldn't call myself a super fan but i knew enough about it okay um yeah because that was like right in the image heyday thing right when I was right really i was in college and i had more money so i could collect comics then so yeah okay so you were in college when uh the image when spawn hit big then you said yes so like mm-hmm. i was um i was in when spawn hit big it was like 92 so i was still in elementary school and then when i got to junior high is when (laughs) when i when i got to junior high is funny story the other day i was teaching a a movie in my class and it was it came out in 2005 and i i always ask my students when we go through a movie i ask each of them what they thought of it and one of the students she's like uh, she's like, oh yeah. She's like, this is an interesting movie because it came out in 2005, and that was the year I was born. I'm like, what? <laughs> wow. And another student, when I gave them the list of movies for this semester, he looked at the list. He's like, wow, these are old movies. I'm like, they're all from like the early 2000s. What are you talking about? He's like, yeah, that's oh old. My gosh. <laughs> Ugh. Oh god. <laughs> Man, I just. I said the other day I was um, I'm watching Triple X for something else. And um, I was like, oh, it wasn't that long ago. It was, you know, 2002. Then I stopped myself and went and I did the math real quick. I was like, oh, my gosh, it's been really 20 years since that movie mm. came out. It's wild. But yeah, so there was there was a meme nice. I saw uh, like the other day and it was it was on Twitter and it was like, you know, 1975 to like 2005, 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so i i got into spawn when i was in um junior high school uh you know bought some of the trades and stuff like that you know had they had the, the action figures the mcfarlane tour toys those i think that was actually my entry point was the the toys really uh, because those were the yeah because i was uh i was big in action figures and they had these really super detailed toys and they did something smart with each toy you bought it came packaged with a comic book ah right on so kind of like that now was it a full-size one or yeah it was an actual it was an issue of the regular comic book series and it was and it was tied to whatever that character was so you you got the spawn the basic spawn figure you got the first issue of of spawn you got the medieval spawn figure you got the medieval spawn issue that he did that neil gaiman did um you know you got the violator figure you did that issue where violator fights and all this kind of stuff so yeah it was it was a really smart way of of marketing it um i'm not sure how much that did at least i think it was i'm not sure how much it actually worked or not because i know eventually they did stop doing that but that was the thing they were doing for at least a little bit um and 
And I had picked up some of the trades and, you know, they had like a bunch of the t-shirts and stuff. Cause the big thing about spawn was really the art, right? Mm -hmm. Cause you read those. I'm not sure if you've gone back and read any of those books now, but I picked up one of the comiXology sales. They had the spawn compendiums, which are like these massive trade paperbacks. And it's like 50 issues per, per volume. And they were on sale for like, I don't know, like, 15, 20 bucks or something like that. So I bought both the compendiums. So I've got the first hundred issues in, um, in these compendiums. And I read the first book. So I've, I've gone through and I've reread issues one to 50. I haven't read the second one yet. And it's, I'm not going to say it's bad, but it's, it's a guilty pleasure, right? It's, Mm. it's, you're, you're reading those books mainly for Todd McFarlane and later, Greg Capullo's art, you're not really reading it so much for the writing because the writing's not that great, but it's not offensively bad, like, say, a Rob Liefeld. <laughs> uh, comics resident punching bag. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not like that offensively bad. So, I mean, it's not great. There are tons of plot holes and stuff you notice. And, but, and it's very much that early 90s, you know, extreme style stuff. But mm-hmm. it's, um, not as bad as I thought it would be going back to it. Um, it was, it, it was, a, it was a fun read. It's a fun guilty pleasure type of thing. So you're going in even by the standards of the, the spawn comics, which again, aren't that great. This movie is still pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so now you said you didn't see that. You only saw this movie recently. I saw it in the theater when it came out. Cause again, I was into that whole spawn zeitgeist thing. And I was, what, like maybe 14 when this movie came out, I think. And so that was right at the peak of my Spawn fandom. So I loved it the first time I saw it. Mm. Um, and then as the years go on and I've gone back and I've rewatched it, I'm like, oh man, this is really fucking terrible. <laughs> it, it was, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm. My, <laughs> I will say this. One of the things I really enjoyed and I hope, and uh john leguizamo yes he was fantastic yeah he like chewed up every he was just chewed up every Mm -hmm. bit of scenery in every scene he was in he was he he was the focal point for me watching it which probably helped me get oh yeah absolutely hit and you know the prosthetics work on him was amazingly well done like he i mean i did unless you look really closely and pay attention to his facial features and if you're just looking at it, looking at a picture, not hearing the voice, you could not tell that's John Leguizamo. Like right, they did yeah. a really good job of covering him up. Yeah. Yeah. If I didn't know that that was him and was like looking for him. Yeah. It was, I mean, especially like uh, with the shots where he's, you know, you can see his whole body because there's a lot of close-ups. Mm-hmm. and, um, but when well, I mean, he had to moving around and stuff. Because he had like, to wow. actually be on his knees the whole time when he was in costume, when they did the full oh, body shots. Cause he, you know, obviously to to make to make the so yeah the entire time you see him and he's he's squatting down basically yeah yeah he he really threw all threw it all in there too mm. he, I, uh, what did i read um the scene where oh, I, I really don't want to say this but the scene where he eats the pizza with the maggots on or whatever yeah that was a real the, he actually ate those maggots they were actually and yeah, then he threw up right after the, the scene right stopped. after i'm like oh i was like oh we didn't have too many takes of that oh jesus yeah um, another scene I saw, like he had to go to the bathroom at one point and it was taking too much time to, to take the suit off that he just ended up going in the suit. Oh no. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's the worst. Oh, uh, hopefully it was just number one and not number two, but, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
but yeah, he was, you know, and it's, it's weird watching him in this because his performance is good, but the material he has to work with is so bad. Like, it's just so 14. And again, when I was 14, I loved that humor, but you know, looking at it now, I'm like, wow, this is really bad. It's really cheesy, but yeah, it was, yeah. But he does a good job of selling it. I will say that. And he is the only person in the entire movie who looks like he's having a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Martin Sheen. Yeah. Was that Martin Sheen? That's that Martin Sheen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've read that he wanted, he, the only reason he took, one of the reasons he took it is because he always wanted to be in a superhero movie. Mm. And that's what you get, I guess. And he, but he was so, he was so over the top. Over, you know yeah. I mean? Like, it was just so over the top. It was, it was like, um, oh, uh, um, Tommy Lee Jones is Two Face Bad. Yes, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Which actually, <clears throat> hold on, they can, uh, Batman Forever came out. I think about a year or two years before this. Um, here it was ninety seven. Batman, uh, Batman and Robin came out that year. Batman and Robin was ninety seven. Uh, yeah, was ninety seven. Yeah, it came out the same year. Uh, men in black and wait for it your favorite steel came out in 97 as well yeah yeah <laughs> came out uh right after this actually i think wow that was a really tough time for mm-hmm. superheroes yeah, Ooh, yeah. Boy. yeah. <laughs> uh and ironically enough i remember back at that time spawn was the w- movie that was the most well received that year and then steel i think most people just didn't even pay attention to steel and then batman and robin was you know the one that got vilified the most looking back on it now batman and robin's actually the best movie of the bunch that came out that year yeah yeah i'm (laughs) just um but there is a another men in black connection though because will smith was actually up for the for the role of spawn um yeah but he turned it down for Men in Black because he was worried that this would tarnish his like you know squeaky clean image that he had at that time. <laughs> Definitely a smart career move to choose Men in Black over this. Absolutely, and it makes it kind of evens out the fact that he turned down the Matrix. So mm, yeah, um, yeah. Like, the one that got me though, there was a couple of them. There was a quite a list of people who were up for this. Evidently, Denzel Washington was rumored to be up for it um i wonder how wonder, true that was if, if i wonder if that was just the thing like they asked him just to see maybe, and he, and that, he just said well. no because i don't think he would have ever given this movie serious consideration the other one and this sounds believable samuel jackson samuel l jackson samuel l jackson will do anything if there's a paycheck in it so i definitely believe that um wesley snipes was also up for it too i believe that mm-hmm. too because he did uh blade came out like i think the year after this from new line as well from like, new line as well was, yeah yeah, it was the, those were the same, you know, same producer. Same, where, yeah, same it? studios. Yeah, studio. Thank you. Right here. Um, um, but Martin Sheen is just when you when I go back and I rewatch this movie because at when I first saw it, I didn't know who Martin Sheen was. Mm-hmm. Um, so going back and rewatching it now, and I'm just like, Mar- every time you every every now and then you see a movie that's just so bad, and you see one of these like A list actors, and you're just like how the hell did you end up in this? Like, I don't even understand how that works. <laughs> and he was A-list then, <laughs> you know what I, think I mean? It, like, in the 90s, I think he was, his career had had a bit of a slowdown, I think. He wasn't really doing a whole lot of stuff because this was before the West Wing, like two years before the West Wing. And that's mm, okay. Imagine that, he goes from this to doing the West Wing. <laughs> and the West, because the West Wing was really like a shot in the arm for his career. 
Hmm. Okay. And yeah. go ahead. And there's also they also make an apocalypse now joke, which I didn't catch the first time, but I caught this time. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's just he's just so bad. He's just so over the top in this. I and I'm just like I I don't know what you're doing here. I like did you just you know did you have another wing on your house you needed to pay for or what? IRS coming after him. I yeah, don't know. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But um, now, apparently, though, after he had accepted the part, he was telling his grandson about it and his grandson turned out to be a huge fan of the comics. So that was another reason for him to 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 stick with the role was because he wanted to you know, show off for his grandson. And then I get that, too. That's you know, I think Tommy Lee Jones had a similar thing with uh, Two-Face. He was mostly uh... doing it. He, he was mostly doing it because his kid, uh, his kid, his kid or his grandkid was a big fan of Two-Face. So he just did it for basically. Yeah, yeah um and michael jai white in this like this was you know the first thing i'd ever see and he wonder how much this like set back his career because i don't think he really did anything again until black dynamite of note he was in uh dark knight believe it or not well yeah he was in dark knight but that was like a small thing right it was just yeah yeah sure Uh, i'm talking about like where he was like the lead character or something like that yeah i don't uh yeah it was mostly um what would be considered well oh man director streaming movies right, i guess yeah, yeah. bad director streaming movies now because mm-hmm. they, they were directed dvd back then if anybody's young uh, old enough to remember that um the uh but he's done a quite he's done uh he, he was done uh bronze tiger a couple times i think he right did on, on, uh, on arrow yeah. yeah and then he uh i think he's bron- is he bronze tiger and soul of the dragon have you seen that one yeah 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 Batman we covered that dragon? um we covered that a while last year i think or two years ago something hey, that's like that. what i thought that's what i thought yeah so yeah, so he's done some stuff since then, but yeah, I, <laughs> um, there was rumors. I, there might still be talks of uh, a revital, uh, a reboot of uh, of the Spawn uh, franchise, and uh, Jamie Foxx is attached to it or whatever. Yeah, and somebody asked Michael Jai White about it. He's like, "Yeah, what do you think?" That I was like, "What do you think about them bringing it back?" He's like, "Why?" It's <laughs> <laughs> like. Like that's how much of a that's how much of an impression it made on him, I guess. Well, yeah, he he said that um, it was a really good script, but then and he said the original cut of the movie was actually much better. But then they gave the director more power, and then he wanted to more control over it, and then he wanted to make all these changes, and that's why we got what we got, which was you know utter dog shit. He said the first he said the original cut of the movie was actually more character driven. It was much uh, much less focused on the action and the effect shots, but when they gave the director more control he wanted to add in more effect shots and cut back on the character stuff <clears throat> yeah which goes to show you why this director is only doing has only done direct to video stuff before and after this yeah yeah we see what you did with the budget mm-hmm. yeah um about how much money it made yeah i mean i guess it's you know it was a tentpole movie it, there weren't a lot of um there weren't wasn't a lot of competition that year but also you know, it had a, like, I remember at the time, the special effects, we thought they were amazing. Like we thought the whole CGI cape and all that, we thought it was amazing back in 1997. Looking back now, it is definitely not amazing. It, it is looks, not aged well. It, no, God, oh God, no. Um, and I think the best comparison is when you look at the scenes with Violator, because there are two types of Violators in this movie. There's one where they use like, practical effects like puppetry and and all that those look pretty damn good and then when you see it the cgi violator it looks like a bad playstation cutscene. it looks Mm. terrible yeah yeah 
yeah it was it was rough it was uh yeah i'm i guess i'm really glad that i saw it you know in 2022 versus mm. 97 because yeah i would be just as fired up as, as everybody else um man um there's something else we want to ask do, 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 do. well i do want to mention uh anyway. speaking of because I, I i caught this when i was watching it last night and and i made sure to look her up but the actress who plays the reporter did you recognize her no okay so that's uh rabia lamorte um were you a buffy guy back in the day yes she played miss calendar in the first two seasons of Buffy. Uh, really yeah yeah because i'm staring at her on the screen i'm like i know this actress and i looked up looked her up after and yeah it's rabia lamorte wow wow i i didn't i didn't make two i'm watching angel right now too so i didn't even oh, okay I, I didn't even make two i didn't even see two and two to, and this together. this came out I, I think the same year that buffy debuted actually if i'm not mistaken oh so she, man, she had she had a full year then <laughs> yeah yeah she was uh she was busy that year um but yeah some other things uh talking about some of this the things about this um what did you think of the spawn suit because that's like the big visual thing about him in the comics is the suit and the and the makeup design and all that on him um it was a product of its time that's for sure um and it might and again it might be just 20 20 22 eyes with a uh, little like you know giving some grace i didn't think it would the cape was terrible it was terrible suit, yeah. yeah the suit itself didn't didn't feel as egregious like i i i, I actually didn't I actually didn't mind it i didn't yeah. think it was too bad i thought one of the nice little things they added to it was they tried to make it look organic mm -hmm. right and i think that and, um, and like it's not a great suit, but I think that really I appreciated the effort they put into it to to try and make it look organic, but also still fit in with the aesthetic of the of the comic. And I thought the mask looked pretty good. Um, yeah, I like that. I did like yeah. the mask. Uh, they don't, like the mask. It, it, it's only on for like five minutes the entire damn movie, but it, it still looked good when it was there. Right. Um, was, was there a reason why? Did you find out a reason why they, they had the mask on so little? Or I guess it I mean, was they just, really wrote around it. Yeah, I guess it was just um, for practical reasons, right? Because if you have the mask on with the glowing eyes, it's hard for the character for the actor to emote at all. Mm. So I think that that might be the reason why is the only thing I could because it obviously wasn't about showing Michael Jai White's face because a he wasn't a big name at the time and b he's you know covered in you know makeup burn makeup for the entire for most of the right movie. right so yeah that's that's interesting I, I didn't know if you had any ideas on it uh that's a good that's a good answer it's a good answer yeah. um and i thought that the burn effects looked looked decent enough on him although from what i recall in the comic books it wasn't so much that he was burned but it was more just like he was a rotting corpse is what I yeah that's what i thought it was yeah. that's what i thought it was um why did they Okay, again, it's been a long time since I've read these comics. Mm -hmm. The uh, gentleman who ends up, his best friend, who, who ends up marrying his wife after he dies. Oh, yeah, Terry. Was, Terry, thank you. Wasn't he black in the comics? Yeah, he was. And in fact, <laughs> 1997 thinking, folks, all right? But they were worried that if they had a black guy play Terry, that there would be too many black actors in the movie and audiences would think this is a movie, this is a this is a movie for black people and it's not a movie for general audiences. 
is, is the thinking. And I know you're, I, I can see your face and I know you're counting in your head. How many black actors were actually in this movie? There were three in the movie. <laughs> you had, you had Michael Jai White, you had um, the actress who played Wanda and you had the actress who played Cyan. And that was it. Um, and I'm going to, Teresa Randall who played Wanda and then yeah. Cyan was played by Sydney Bodoin. And that was it. Those were the only main black actors in the movie. And they thought if we added a fourth in there, that would be too much. Well, call the source award. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Wow. <laughs> it was too, oh my gosh. Well, we, we can't have a black movie, can we? <laughs> oh my gosh. It, it is. Yeah. It, we're, we're still uh, almost 20 years away from Black Panther, I guess. Mm -hmm. So, um, <sighs> And then his face is car his face was covered up the whole movie. You can't anyway. even really tell. Yeah, he's only black for like five minutes. <laughs> right. Then he's yeah. You know, uh, and then we there's been progress. <laughs> there's been progress. Well, yeah. I mean, you mentioned Black Panther. You look at that, and there's uh there's two white guys in the entire movie. Right. Perfect. <laughs> um yeah, he and you know, I, I I'm trying to figure out why they even cast uh white in this movie because he the the whole reason you would cast michael jai white at this point in his career would be presumably for his martial arts skills but he only gets to use like two kicks in the whole movie so it doesn't seem like he you're really showing off his you're not hiring him really for those skills you're definitely not hiring him for his for his acting skills because he doesn't really do a lot he just basically growls throughout the entire movie right it's um I... I wonder, uh, well, because it was, you know, like you said, it was a tentpole movie. And maybe it was just one of those things where we're trying to find a diamond in the rough, you know, like, you know, uh, in Star Wars, you know, mm -hmm. Mark Hamill, you know, that kind of, that, like that kind of, uh, that kind of get, you know. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, they didn't, they, yeah, they, if they had maybe used him to his, uh, mm -hmm. to his full, you know, of what he was good at. That may that may be at least at least Wesley Snipes dodged this one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, other thing is, I had I had some issues with the whole storyline. Like first, the structure of the story. We waste all this time with him in his human life before, and like the axe, and then the the assassination attempt, and all that. And then, and I think what the comic did that I think was really smart is it opens up with him five years later waking up mm -hmm. as spawn and right. having very little memory of his life before that and i think that would have been a much more interesting way to structure this story is if you you just start off with him as spawn and having that amnesia and trying to put the pieces of his life back together as we discover along with him right. on what's going on and right. stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. And, and that would have made the, uh, and honestly, that would have made uh, the reveal that he's black, you know, worth it. Cause in the comics, mm -hmm. if I'm not mistaken, you, you find out that he's black because he uses his powers to like, he, if I'm not mistaken, he uses his powers to transform into a human form mm -hmm. and he turns it to his blonde, blonde hair, blue, white guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, that and does happen. So, Although we, by that point in the comics, we've already known he's black. Oh, okay. I, uh, but yeah, that was a big thing. Like every time he tried to, he found out he could use his powers to to change his appearance. But every time he tried to make himself look like a normal guy, he kept changing into the same blonde-haired, blue-eyed white guy. Right. And I'm, I'm and I'm surprised they didn't like 
play with that some that would have been that would have been a that would have added something to it anyway well i mean i think it's because that would be something to deal with character and obviously this director wasn't interested in anything to do with character <laughs> fair fair <laughs> enough my my bad my bad um, my bad yeah another thing that i couldn't figure out why they did it this way was the whole idea of cogliostro training him because it doesn't seem like cogliostro tells him anything useful that actually helps him in the final battle because he seems pretty adept with his powers before Cagliostro's whole training thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh. I mean, the most creative uses of his powers are when he tries to attack Jason at that benefit, right? He turns his hands into the, the suction cup. He's using the cape to fly around. He's, he's able to control all these aspects of his suit. He's able to use the cape to, to camouflage himself. He's mm -hmm. able to do all these different things with the suit. And then after he goes and he trains with Cagliostro and he doesn't really learn anything new. So it just seemed like a really weird way to construct that. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that doesn't make, that didn't make any sense at all. Now that you put it mm. that way. Um, I really don't have anything to add. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that character, he just seems like a very pointless addition to this movie overall because he does that he does that really bad voiceover at the beginning which is unnecessary his training stuff is unnecessary the explanations he's given is are also unnecessary because we can get all this information through clown or through or through other other means we don't need right. cogliastro in this movie at all is he in the comics he is he is and if i'm re recalling correctly he was a pretty minor character in the comics so it was just an, 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 an unnecessary addition to this movie. Basically, yeah. yeah. Pretty much. An, another unnecessary addition is that um, that little homeless kid in the alley. Yeah, I didn't quite get what his whole point, what the whole point of that whole thing was. I mean, yeah, because it's like you have the, the humanizing element with when Spawn develops a relationship with Cyan already. So you don't need it with this random kid. Um, another thing I thought, and I think it's just that this is just 90s thinking. Um, in the 80s and the 90s, studios were obsessed with this idea that if you want kids to see the movie, you have to have a kid in the movie. And mm. obviously, little white boys can't relate to little black girls, so we have to have a little white boy in the movie instead, <laughs> is what I think the thinking was. And, uh. and I don't know, speaking for me, because I was a kid in the 80s and 90s, I never related to the 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 little white kid in the movies. Like I always thought that kid was annoying as shit, with the exception of Short Round. Short Round was the one exception. All the other ones, I always I always hated those kids. I didn't care about you know the little kid sidekick. I wanted to be the hero in the movie. Right, and uh, and and that's how I felt during. Well, of course, you know they didn't look like me, but I bet I mean that's who you want to be Indiana Jones. You don't want to be Short Round. You yeah. know, I didn't. Yeah, uh, looking back, I mean. It's not something I had thought about until I became an adult, but that, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. It's, mm. it's kind of, it's like the scrappy do syndrome. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Well, let's do, let's stick the little one in there, but it's not nearly, it's not nearly as popular as the focal point of the, or the person you're uh, there to see. Right. Uh, and what, what purpose, uh, uh, what, is there any other like story purposes that they usually, um, not that serve? I can think of, like I, like I said, the only time I've ever liked a kid sidekick was Short Round. He was the mm -hmm. only one that I liked, and that was more because of that. That actor was just, he had great comic timing. Other than that, they've always been really irritating. So 
I, I don't know what it is. I think it's just they felt that we have to, and they even back in the you know back in the Super Friends cartoon, remember they had Wendy and Marvin on that, and that was another way to because we have to have a point of view oh, yeah. character that the kids can relate to. Right, like we did, like I wanted to be Batman. Yeah, who are these? Yeah. Who are these cats, man? Yeah. I want to yeah. be Batman. I want to be Superman or whoever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then and yeah, like, do they have focus groups or something? I, don't, I just they never got understand. to. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's focus grouped or something. I don't know. But whatever the case, it was always at least for me. I never, and I don't know. Someone out there may have been like, "Hey, I actually really related to that little kid," and you know, whatever. Okay, never worked for me. It never did anything for me though. Yeah. Well, not in this. The, the one in this movie did definitely not for in this anybody. Movie. No, no. <laughs> God, that kid was uh, just a waste of space. A bit, yeah, yeah. Um, geez, Louise. Uh, let's see what other things about this movie. Um, oh, the CGI in the hell scene was just oh, that was just so bad. It's like, and when you have. The thing I don't get is I can understand you have to use CGI on the violator's action scenes because he's doing all these things. Malbolgia is not doing anything but standing there. So why do you have to CGI him? Why can't you just use practical effects for that? And this, what throws me about, like, especially something like that is, was it ILM? Mm-hmm. Is, that, is that those initials? Yeah, ILM were the uh, was the stu- was the group that did Terminator oh. Two. They did Jurassic Park. So they they had like they had really talented people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like how how do you how do you fumble the bag that bad? You know what I think it is. I think it's because it it depends a lot on the director who's involved. Because with Jurassic Park and with Terminator Two, you know. James Cameron and Steven Spielberg, they understood the limitations of the technology. And also those movies came, to be fair too, those movies came out, you know, earlier than this, right? Uh, Terminator Mm -hmm. 2 was 92, I believe, and Jurassic Park was 93. So the CGI using computers for everything was not as advanced at that point. So there was a much more concern for having to do practical effects as well. By this Mm -hmm. point, CGI had developed to the point where they could have everything cgi in the movie um and i think a big part of it is it was two things one it was you know the director didn't have the foresight to think you know we need to have some more practical effects in here and two i think it's the thing that you know it's the new toy we all want to play with it type of thing Mm -hmm. kind of like uh uh shaky cam yeah exactly oh god yeah god don't don't remind me about shaky cam that was the one of the worst advancements ever advancements in scare quotes yeah uh um paul greengrass like i don't know he built like his entire goddamn career on shaky cam scenes and i remember watching the the last two born movies and just like getting motion sick while i was watching them yeah i could i i think i only watched the first one of that but yeah anytime i see it it just it really gives me, I, I, I can't even play, but one of the th- reasons I'm not a gamer, I know these aren't the only games, but mm. one of the reasons I stopped gaming is because of the prolific, because so many people started playing um, first-person shooters, mm. and I get motion sickness. Oh, right, right. So, like, yeah, Shaky Camp, I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> like, stop that. Like, yeah. it, it, like, it, like, it'll give me a headache. It's, bleh. Yeah, I'm not a um, big fan of first-person shooters for, that's i don't get motion sick when i'm watching it when i'm playing them but i do it doesn't feel as it's not as in, in 
immersive for me as the third person ones are. Mm, yeah. Which is what annoys me about Cyberpunk because there's no third person option for that. It's all first person. Oh, it's ter- that's terrible. Yeah. I played the, I played the role playing, like the pe- uh, pen and paper role playing game mm. of Cyberpunk 2020, which came out in like 89, I think. Mm. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, that's, oh, that's, that, that's, that makes me sad. Well, that, no well, reason to get back if, in the game, man. <laughs> if you're looking for cyberpunk content, though, they got a Netflix series coming out soon, an animated series um, really? set in the world. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, that's exciting. I'll have to write that. It's down. like cyberpunk edge runners or something like that. I think it's called. Oh, okay, okay, right on, right on. That okay, cool. Yeah, I'm at the. It looks pretty cool. I, uh, I saw the trailer a few days ago. It looks pretty cool. When's that supposed to come out? I'm not sure actually. Um, look it up later. We'll, we'll talk later afterwards. But yeah. Uh, but yeah going back to the movie the god the, the hell effects are just so bad it's I don't, there's not much else to say about it than that but yeah i mean it's 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 not like even by again even by the low standards i have for what a spawn movie should be like this is just not that good it's just it's and it, i'm trying to think about stuff i like i like john leguizamo for the most part in this he's mm-hmm. the only thing Although if I think if the script had been better, I think his performance would be irritating. But because the script is so bad, he ends up being the best thing in it. Yeah, yeah, he's that's not even close. Um, another good thing I will we can talk about with this movie is uh, the soundtrack. Oh yeah, the sound, yeah. The soundtrack was was way what I don't know if comparatively speaking, but it was better received than the oh, movie. Oh, definitely. In fact, won was, some awards, I believe. And it was in the, uh, it was in, yeah, it was on the Billboard charts for like six mm. months, which yeah. is unusual, especially for a soundtrack back then, because it wasn't, because I think it was a few years, and it starts, uh, soundtracks started to become a bigger part of the whole marketing package, if you will. Of I remember before. Batman Forever soundtrack, I remember being re- really um, up there for a while. I remember that being talked about a lot back in the day. So that would have been like two years before this. Okay, so yeah, um, and then um, the one one that I remember uh, that, that at least for me paying attention to it anyway that started that off. Uh, do you remember the movie Juice? I, I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. It was it got a it the again the soundtrack was much more popular than the actual movie. Although mm-hmm. the movie's good, I, I enjoyed the movie. I haven't seen it in a while, so I will. So I may reserve judgment oh, if it's bad now, but here's not, I mean, this isn't quite the same example because the movie was really good too, but the Crow soundtrack, that was another one that mm-hmm. was really well received and was really popular. Yeah. Yeah. I do remember that. I and in fact, I, that. if I'm not, I believe it might've been the Batman soundtrack, the, the 89 version that mm-hmm. really kind of started. Cause that the big thing about that was Prince was doing the soundtrack. Yes. Yes. As soon as you said Batman, I was like, yeah, that's right. Prince mm. did that did that whole thing, which I thought it was weird at the time. Because right, well, that was kind of an outlier even at the time, wasn't it? That to have such a such a big focus on the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And and you know, Prince was a huge name at that point. And, right. Yeah. Uh, for him to do the whole album was you know unpressed, un, unheard. I don't want to say unprecedented, but it was unheard of for mm-hmm. for that time period. And right. you know, he, he did the whole deal. Yeah. So. Um, now, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I don't. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say that we also had um, uh, another change in the comic books because in the comics, the assassin that kills um, Al isn't Jessica Priest. She was a character created for the movie. 
Mm-hmm. Um, in the comics, it was Chapel from Rob Liefeld's Youngblood comics because they were because back when Image was launched, they were doing the whole shared universe thing. So Chapel was responsible for killing uh, Al Simmons, and they didn't use they couldn't use him in this because Liefeld had the rights. Although I guess they were able to work something out because they did use Chapel in the HBO animated series. Uh, yeah, I do remember that, which was way better. I, yeah. I, 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 I think it's on HBO Max. If it, you want to get yeah, your spawn fix, watch that on HBO Max. Um, and they introduced just they introduced Jessica Priest into the comics later, didn't they? That's what I read. Like I think at the point I'm reading, they hadn't um, they hadn't introduced her yet. But I do I did read in the trivia last night that they later introduced her in the comics too. I want to say it was. Uh, um, do I have it written down? Yeah, it was. Uh, uh, it was issue sixty one is when they introduced her and then kind of okay. developed her into into more into the lore i guess that's Mm -hmm. yeah i'm just looking it up now um it looks like she becomes a spawn herself too actually um but yeah you're right uh spawn number 61 that's when she got introduced into the comics um yeah i mean she just she's one of those characters in the movie like her and and when are annoying just because they're evil just to be evil (laughs) right they have no real reason to do any of this stuff. I mean, like, you know, Jason's developing this biological weapon that can wipe out all of humanity for what, what purpose? Like, I get why, I mean, I don't even really get why Clown and Malbolgia want to do it too, because I don't see how destroying humanity really accomplishes their goals. So. And just, this just popped in my head when they set it up where like they they operate on when and his heart his his heart is connected to the bomb basically Mm -hmm. if if his heart stops stops beating you know the bomb goes off my after they said i'm like why would why is he excited about this that doesn't make any sense like wait a minute so somebody could so he could just die on accident and then it goes i didn't i mean yeah i couldn't wrap my head around that because i know why clown's doing it because clown's doing it because he wants to trigger the virus but i it doesn't make any sense because you know win seems to think he's like oh well if i have the bomb then spawn won't kill me is what his thinking is but spawn doesn't fucking know (laughs) it's like it never it never registers to him that oh he doesn't know that if he kills me all these people are going to die until the very end. Then he says it. And that, and it's just, it's, it's such flawed logic. I'm like, why would you put yourself in that position? And, and somebody who is supposed to be, who's, you know, you have to be intelligent to rise to those. Well, you theoretically, you, theoretically, theoretically, you would be some, have some kind of intelligence or nothing else uh, I mean, to, to get yourself into that position. And then for some, Mike Pompeo I, I, was the it, CIA director. So, I think that kind of nicks that idea. Yeah, that's that's why I paused. I was like, well, maybe <laughs> not. I mean, <laughs> maybe not. I don't know. It, yeah, just that that was the one thing that I remember sticking out. I was just like, wait, what? Yeah, I, I, I don't I don't understand. <laughs> it, it it it's such that's that's like the biggest plot hole in the movie is is that um that and just like the whole oh another thing they mentioned is. And this is something brought in the comics, the way the fact that if Spawn uses too much of his powers, he'll go he'll go straight back to hell. OK, right. now, even in the comics, I never quite understood that because I'm like, well, why do you have that option? Right. Because the whole thing is Spawn doesn't he doesn't want to be like, why are you 
it just makes no sense. It, it doesn't seem like any, I don't understand how that benefits Malbolgia to put spawn on earth and give him these powers. And then, oh, but if you use the powers too much, then you come back to hell. I'm like, but you had him in hell anyway, in the first place. Why do you have to, it, I, I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, well, yeah. But it, it makes even less sense in the movie because Cogliostro tells him, oh, you use too much of their powers, you die and you go back to hell. But it's never mentioned again. It has no impact on the story whatsoever. It doesn't stop Spawn from using his powers because he's still using his powers all the fucking time. So there's no reason for it. And they never, yeah, they never, you, you know, like you said, they never mention it again. There's no uh, drama about, you know, him getting drained or the, the uh, what I like, the, uh, again, I'm starting to remember more things from the comics. The comics had a timer. Yeah. And every time we saw him use his powers or, you know, periodically after a fight scene or whatever, they would show the timer going down until he until his, you know, until he's supposed to go back to hell again, which was, right. doesn't make any sense. Mm. But yeah, but at least there, yeah, was, there, was, there, was, the, there, there was, was a yeah, there was a feeling of some kind of stakes involved with the timer. Right. There was an there was an indication something was going something yeah. was going to go down. Yeah. Well, and also in the comics, that's why he loads up on the weaponry, because he knows if he uses his powers, he'll, you know, they'll deplete too much, he'll go back to hell. So he doesn't, so that's why he picks up all the guns and stuff. But in this movie, he gets all the guns before Cagliostro tells him about the timer. So it, it, it doesn't even serve a purpose in that way, in that most basic sense. Yeah, it's, it's almost like, it's, it, and, you know, sometimes I wonder if uh, these directors who get now, now, nowadays they do, but it seems like the directors who get some of these properties don't even read the source material or like take in, take a lot of time to read the source material to right. figure out how things work together. Um, this is, you know, this wasn't the first or the last to do that, but mm. this was seems really egregious. Yeah, yeah. Um and it's weird because Todd McFarlane fought for creative control in this. He had creative control. In, and I don't, you know, I, I remember, I remember interviews as I was rewatching this movie. I remember interviews he was doing back then and him saying things in interviews. Like I want people to watch this movie and then come out of it thinking Batman is shit and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, dude, you've got like the most popular independent comic of all time. Why do you have your ch a chip on your shoulder about not being as big as Batman? Chill the fuck out. And, <laughs> and he had a toy line, which was amazing. I remember I mean, seeing the toys. Yeah, they were yeah. so detailed, so amazing. I think probably um, the only independent comic that could rival Spawn in terms of longevity and popularity is the Ninja Turtles. Yeah, that's it. It's, a, it's one, one in one A or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, but, yeah. Uh, I, well, and there's also a lot of talk about what would happen in a sequel because the sequel was in development hell for a long time with this mm -hmm. and michael jai white was still attached to come back like even as early as the 2000s as late as the as the mid mid late aughts he was saying that if there's a sequel he'll still do it wow um, so he was still attached to it for a while and then um only recently and mcfarlane kept saying oh yeah yeah we're gonna do the sequel we're gonna do the sequel it's gonna focus on sam and twitch who we see at the end of this yeah. movie in just uh -huh. that brief cameo yeah. Um, which is again, it's weird because they were such a big part of those early issues. Right, right. Why? Yeah. Why weren't they? they, they I, yeah, I was about to mention Sam and Twitch because I couldn't remember exactly where they where they were. I I read they were in the movie, but I couldn't remember like where they were. Yeah, um, they were right at the end. 
Yeah, they're right. They're the ones who are escorting Gwen out of the out of the house. Got it. On the nose. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, also the whole thing about I think they're if you're gonna do a spawn movie, I think the you really should set it up as like uh, a series. Like you shouldn't go full on with Malbolgia and Violator in the first. Yeah, have Clown there as like you know this annoying you know you know uh antagonist type of thing but not like the main villain but and it shouldn't even be win win should be like a background character Mm -hmm. but you should focus on something else like the comics had all these like they had the whole thing with the the mob stuff that was going on you had the serial killer uh billy kincaid all of that stuff which was handled really well in the animated series yeah Um, yeah but there, there's so many other things you can do that is gives you a better chance to explore his character and his new world before you start going into this whole the whole stuff with heaven and hell and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that. Um, I'm watching Angel, so I'll use that as an example. Mm-hmm. Joss Whedon has a thing with his seasons where you'll right around uh right around the middle of the season like episode nine ten or something like that that's when they introduce the big bad like there's a, there's a couple you know monsters of the week or you know mm. there's there's somebody you know there's your wolfman heart they're kind of always there but right. then they have the big bad like oh my the world ending threat mm. and that's that's something they could have introduced like they were talking you know i would assume they would have been talking trilogies so yeah you know you have your first movie with you know the mob stuff the more street level stuff and you know you use marvel parlance or whatever mm. and then go into introducing the bigger that the bigger and the higher stakes and mm. and you know introduce all the the grander bigger world of you know spawn right yeah yeah, any of that stuff would have been no. made far more sense. Yeah, but we got this instead. We got this. Instead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. Anything else to, we want to say about this piece of shit? Um, one thing that just tickled me to no end, and I'm not really sure why, but the fact that Scooby Doo is the is the is the bad guy in this movie. It just tickled me to no oh, end. Oh, that's like, the voice her. of. Uh, the uh, I they am they that yeah, that's Frank Welker, <laughs> which is funny because he looks like a, a hairless dog in this movie. It's <laughs> <laughs> like the CGI on him is so bad, it's just so terrible. It, 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 it was rough, but it was, it was one of those things like, well, okay, that was an hour and a half of my life, I can't get back, but you mm. know what, I promised Perry I would write, I would watch. <laughs> remember you did this to yourself you did this to yourself (laughs) Um, yes and i and i deserve and i deserve all i I deserve all the punishment that i will say this whenever we had um when we were doing the when derek was still alive and we we talked about doing the the black superhero uh movies for black history month every Mm -hmm. time we was like okay we're not gonna do he's like we're not doing spawn we're not doing steel (laughs) (laughs) no those are movies that set you back man yeah uh he eventually did do steel and um but we had fun with that one um, yeah but, but yeah this is just it, it's so bad and like even it feels weird saying this but spawn deserved better like it's it's not a good movie and honestly like if i was mcfarlane i would probably just sell the rights and let some director who has more talent take the creative control because i don't think him having more creative control is the answer here no <laughs> no um Oh, there is there is something else. Um, he sold the rights to Spawn to New Line for a dollar. Oh, the film rights? 
Yeah. Oh, okay. A, a, a freaking dollar, man. I guess that like, was probably in exchange for the creative control. Yeah, probably. But I, but I saw that. I was like, really? A dollar? But yeah, now that you say that, that, that makes more sense. Because I yeah. didn't, because no, yeah, nothing, nothing connect. Every, uh, the things that I've read about it didn't connect those two. So that makes well, a lot more sense. Because yeah, there were a lot of studios that were interested in do, ad- adapting Spawn, but he kept turning down offers because they didn't want to give him too much creative control. Um, and then I guess New Line finally did, and that's why he sold it so cheap to them. Uh, yeah, that makes more sense. That, that's okay. the only thing that I can think of. Um, yeah, it's not like he didn't have offers. He had plenty of offers. Um, but yeah, more creative control is not a good thing. And no. the, the weird thing is we had the animated series, like we mentioned, which is far superior. Like it's so good. Probably even better than the comics, I'd say. Wow. That's wow. Really? Yeah. I mean, cause it's, it's really, like I said, the comics, it's all about the artwork and the, the writing's not that great. The writing in the HBO show, they take those elements from the comics and just like the, the way they handle the atmosphere and all that, it's just handled much better in the, in the, in the animated series. I think. I remember enjoying it immensely. I, mm-hmm. I'm just kind of spotty on my memory of this stuff, but I remember like the feeling I got from yeah. it and I remember enjoying it quite a bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, that's fun. <laughs> yes, it was. Yeah. Yes, and, it was. Um, but also I don't think McFarlane has really learned the right lessons for this because, you know, talking about that reboot he's talking about is he wants it to be a movie where the focus is on Sam and Twitch as the main characters. And then Spawn's going to be just like a minor background character, which feels like you're completely cutting yourself off at the knees because people are going to see this movie because they want to see Spawn. They're not going to see the movie because they want to see, you know, this fat detective and his, and his thin partner. Yeah. You'd have to introduce them first and have, mm. have, you know, have us fall in love with them. Cause the average person and I'm, like, I wouldn't have known who Sam and Twitch were. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, and I'm, I mean, a, if, I'm a guy. If you're doing a TV show, I can understand that approach. That would make sense. Sure. But, but for doing it as a movie, you know, putting the focus on these two side characters, I think is a big mistake. So um, I don't know why you'd want to go down that route, but we'll see if it ever gets made because he's been talking about this for like, what, 10 years now? Yeah. The, uh, it, the, I, I saw an interview that Jamie Foxx did. Mm-hmm. It was for um, Day Shift. Mm-hmm. and uh the guy interviewed him asked him about spawn and he he really gave a non-answer mm-hmm. I, as i listened to him, i was like wait a minute, he's not really saying anything um <laughs> but but evidently you know he had, he's met with todd mcfarlane and he's seen some concepts and things like that mm-hmm. but there was no dates or anything of substance and this yeah. was like a month ago so yeah. still in the air yeah all right well that does it for uh for this um Damon, why don't you tell people where they can find you uh you can find me on all this is really simple you can find me on all the social medias uh at Damon does uh on instagram um twitter and facebook i do um i podcast and i write uh, i write dad, bad dad jokes in uh haiku form every day yeah so you do yeah yeah but uh, <laughs> so if I'm not going to sit there and say that you're going to laugh, but it is something interesting to read first thing in the morning. So it is, it is. I will say that. <laughs> I will say one more thing about Spawn though is um, so last night I get on to um, cause I, uh, you know, it's Thursday morning when we're recording my time now, Wednesday night, I've got a, I've got a night class that I have to go to. 
So Wednesday afternoon, I'm just kind of looking up on Netflix. I'm saying, because I remember this movie was on Netflix up until like a week ago. And I'm looking on Netflix and just double checking. I'm like, wait a second. It's not, it's not here. <laughs> it, it, it had just gone off Netflix. So I had to go to the video store right after work, rent a copy and then bring it home. <laughs> oh, well, if you had to spend more money on it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was only like a buck, so it wasn't that bad, but still. Yeah. Things, they're, they're taking it up for my time. You see, you, yeah. Th- see what I do for you guys. You know, I see what I sacrifice for you. <laughs> And you know, on behalf of the super cinephile universe or the super superhero cinephile cinematic universe, yeah, there we go. We thank you. We thank, thank you. you for for renting Spawn to entertain the masses. All right. <laughs> All right, Damon. Well, thanks again for for coming on. And uh, that does it for this episode of Superhero Cinephiles. Superherocinephiles.com is the website, and we are Super Cinema Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And don't forget, you sign up for the Patreon, you get these episodes a week in advance, and you also get access to the Superhero Cinephiles Book Club uh, companion podcast, where we talk about comic books and all that fun stuff. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. Hey guys, there's just one more thing I wanted to add to this episode that I forgot to talk about, but I wanted to mention. So I just thought I'd throw it in here at the end as a little postscript. Uh, So you might be wondering, there are actually two versions of this movie. There's a theatrical cut and there is a director's cut. I believe most of what you see on streaming or on DVD or Blu-ray is the director's cut. But even if it's not, Uh, Just to let you know, there's not really much difference between the two. There's some slightly extended scenes, some uh, alternate shots in some scenes, and slightly more violence. And that's about it. Otherwise, there aren't too many differences between the director's cut and the theatrical cut. The director's cut is just like a total of maybe two minutes longer. Uh, So you're not looking at something like the Daredevil director's cut or anything like that. So if you were wondering, I just wanted to throw that in and let you know. Thanks again for listening, and I will see you next time. If you enjoy the Superhero Cinephiles, then you'll also love my companion podcast, the Superhero Cinephiles Book Club. All my Patreon subscribers get access to this exclusive podcast where I review superhero comics and graphic novels. Not sure what comics you want to read next or what you should dive into? I've got you covered on that. I'll be doing reviews, recommendations, and also talking to you about useful entry points if you're interested in reading some comics but don't know where you should start. Plus, you'll get access to all episodes of the main show a week before everyone else. On all of this, for as little as just a dollar a month, all you have to do is go to patreon.com slash supercinemapod, and you can sign up at any subscription amount to get started. Thanks so much for your support, and please don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening, and as always, good night, good evening, God bless.